standing up, by the way. Really? <laughs> yeah, I'm standing at a chest of drawers in oh. my mum's spare bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> and I've got... I just... I, <laughs> we don't have a desk in this house. There's nowhere for you to sit down. <laughs> there's no desk. <laughs> so there's no desk here. You're so going to do standing. the entire podcast standing up. Yeah, I'm standing up. I just realized this moment was I realized like, okay, that's actually maybe a bit longer than I thought it would be standing. And then my laptop is raised by six family photo albums. <laughs> oh my God. This is like you're doing an hour special. <laughs> <laughs> That's my dream hour to just stand up and talk about movies for one hour to an audience. <laughs> do you know that's pretty achievable? I reckon you could actually do that. Wow! If you'd marketed yourself oh, as it's... like a public speaker, like if you just mm. on your website, it was like Alexi Toliopoulos, public speaker, <laughs> not not comedian or anything, just public speaker about movies, and you just yeah, went Mr. To... Symposium. Yeah, you just went to like conventions or local libraries or whatever Mm -hmm. and just freestyled talking about whatever movies you're interested in. You never seen a guy just start talking about Forrest Gump and lose 40 (laughs) minutes of your life before. Just it's him saying it's shit. It's shit. I hate it over and over again. (laughs) Oh, God. Well, very exciting. It's very exciting to have you standing up at a chest of drawers opposite me over Zoom right now. Wow. I'm I'm honoured and honestly privileged to be a part of this. And uh, and, Finally admitting to your male privilege, Cameron, on the podcast. Well, you know what I say? It's not a privilege, it's an honour. I've always said that. (laughs) (laughs) And... uh, that's that's honestly a bit of stand up of mine. So I just slipped into gear just then. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. We love to see a guy <laughs> We love to see a guy pick up on some instincts and go, Hey, I've written something around that that's gonna be really funny for me to say and people were laughing and people right now are going, He actually is one of the great minds. Yeah, yeah. I'm a real like um I'm a really great mind. It's just dawning on me that I'm a really great mind and wow. uh, and you're a really great body. So, the two of us together, my God, we could really... We are one unstoppable man. If I could put my brain in your body, but also your brain is still in there. Good Lord, I've been begging for you to give me some of that brain in my body, Cameron. <laughs> yeah, you dirty, <laughs> you dirty dog. You dirty dog. Now, we are here on the Total Reboot podcast. It's the only podcast on the internet about movies, officially. And we're here to talk about something called a feature film. A Mm. feature film, which is... Jeez, Louise, I mean, how would you describe a feature film, Alexi? Well, I'd say a feature film is almost like a bit of imagination sent directly to a director... By the Lord himself, thou art up above us in heaven, God of movies, cinema, sending projections down into the brain of an auteur filmmaker who then somehow is able to take a slab of marble and through that divine intervention carve out what is known as a feature film, which is then inspiring the imaginations of maybe billions of people across the planet Earth and showing them the exciting worlds that could only be dreamed up by Michael B. Jordan and his collaborators. Yeah, so you mentioned an auteur filmmaker there. This is an interesting case because... Michael B. Jordan is the director. There are three credited mm-hmm. screenwriters plus two story credits. But the IP, I believe, originates with a man who isn't even fucking in this movie, Sylvester Stallone. Mm-hmm. Who's the auteur of Creed Three, Alexi? I'd say it's God in heaven. Okay. He or she or they, the Lord up well, in heaven. Alanis Morrison. Yeah, exactly. There's lots of speculations about what gender God is throughout the history of music and film. Um, I am undecided. I don't even know. I don't want to be controversial. I'm going to whisper this on the podcast, but I don't even know if God is something that even exists. Wow. Okay. That's crazy. And there is a theory that God may even walk among us. God may be one of us. Perhaps 
you've been on a bus a few mm-hmm. times and you've seen someone who you don't mm-hmm. recognize, a stranger, if you will, Trying to that make could home. even be God. That oh. could even be God, according to a few people out there in the world. I actually caught a bus yesterday and I mm. saw a guy on the bus, I shit you not, who looked identical to me. And we both looked at each other. <laughs> we both we both looked at each other, and we both we both knew that it was. Wow. We both looked the same, and it was. I think we were both freaked out by how much we looked alike. And then a few stops later, he got off the bus. He couldn't handle it. He knew oh, he was he's like, like I there's can't too have much. This. There's too much of me on this bus. There's some cosmic so could, going on here. I don't know if that was God, but something was something was up. Maybe it was the devil, that, his or herself. The, the devil does work in really mysterious ways. <laughs> well, Cameron, we are talking about Creed 3. Obviously, you and I are Creed fanatics. Mm. We are Rocky files. Yeah. We absolutely adore the Rocky universe. Uh, and we were, you know, not just privileged to go see this movie. We were honored to see this movie in gold class, the classiest way to see a movie. Call back. <laughs> And I think we should begin discussing the movie in earnest. And when I say in the style of earnest, I do mean Jim Varney style. <laughs> please don't. <laughs> please don't do a Jim Varney style. <laughs> okay, Vern, I won't. Creed 3. <laughs> Imagine if Ernest was in Sling Blade. <laughs> okay. Cameron, you can't keep doing stand-up bits on the podcast. <laughs> I spent the last seven years of my life living out my wildest dreams. Rocky, my dad. This is built on their shoulders. One step, one punch, one round at a time. Well, you all now will done it. Last time I seen that look, it was on Apollo. All right, Creed 3, directed by Michael B. Jordan. You can't run from your past. After dominating the boxing world, Adonis Creed has been thriving in both his career and family life. When a childhood friend and former boxing prodigy Damien Anderson resurfaces after serving a long sentence in prison, he's eager to prove that he deserves his shot in the ring. Speaking of long sentences, good lord, that had six freaking commas in it. The face-off between former friends is more than just a fight. To settle the score, Adonis must put his future on the line to battle Damien, a fighter who has nothing to lose. Cameron, that was the logline to the film Creed 3. I have one question to ask you. Mm. Do you love that logline? I really, really love that logline, and let me tell you why. Because there's a part in that logline where it says that he deserved his shot in the ring. And I've always thought mm. you deserve the shot in the ring. Yeah, I've been trying to become heavyweight champion of the world for a while, but no one is giving me that shot. I think you deserve your shot in the ring. I think if an ex-con can leave prison mm-hmm. and then three months later be the most famous person on the planet, you mm-hmm. could too. I, I, You know what? Like, I've never really committed a heinous crime of any kind. What about I've an anus crime? Done it. Well, let's just say I had a couple of uh, coffees this morning that uh, would make me a frequent offender. Lock me up and throw away my pee, you're on him. Guilty, sir. Um, I would also say this is the only film that I've seen that has a credit that says characters... This is the only film I've seen with a credit that says... Character, fuck! I can't get this shit. This joke, I I had this joke in my head, and I can't say it properly. You have to do it now. Okay, let me try go. Well, Cameron, do you know what's so interesting to me about this movie? Is the only time I've seen the credit that says fathers of these characters based on characters created by Sylvester Stallone. Well, you've obviously never seen Daylight 2, Sons of Daylight. <laughs> Daylight Babies. But it's kind of interesting that this this is the first Creed or Rocky film that mm. literally doesn't feature any character created by Sylvester Stallone, except for 
Apollo Creed's wife. I think that's yeah. the only one that is a Sylvester Stallone creation. Everyone else is the sons. We've got little baby Drago. <laughs> we've got baby Creed. Mm-hmm. We've got um, we've got the the Mister Duke Junior. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Although is Stitch in? Uh, although I know <laughs> I'm a slight in creating the character <laughs> of Stitch because he's a real guy. He's a real guy. <laughs> I think yeah, he's Stitch, a real guy. I think Stitch is in uh, a couple of Rocky movies. He so, could be in Balboa. I'm not I, sure, but I, think I can't he's in you, can Balboa. you take credit for that. <laughs> I think I don't know if you can take credit for creating a real guy. Well, is Stitch <laughs> is Stitch playing himself, or is Stitch playing a character called Stitch who just happens to be very similar to the real guy? You know what? I, I let me check if he's credited as himself in these movies. <laughs> I think he'd be credited as Stitch. <laughs> like he's. <laughs> but Stitch is his real nickname. I know, I know. It doesn't really make sense. Let's have a look. Okay, so in the on Creed 3, Jacob Stitch Duran plays Stitch. <laughs> Do you think he's going to be playing Stitch in the Lilo and Stitch movie that's coming out later live, this year? In the live action? Yeah, I think so. Let's see if he has a um, IMDb. What's his name? Jacob Duran. Jacob Stitch Duran. Yeah, Jacob Duran. Stitch. Duran Duran. Do you have an IMDb? Jacob Stitch Duran does have an IMDb. And what else does he appear he's in? Cre- he's credited as Stitch. Wow. <laughs> he's credited as Stitch. So he's playing a character. He is in Balboa. He's in Rocky Balboa mm-hmm. as Stitch. He's also in other movies. He's <laughs> he plays. Whoa. Because he's like a famous cut man in boxing. He plays a cut mm-hmm. man in like five other movies. Wow. And, are they all the boxing movies called, or is he? Yeah. <laughs> Vince's cut man. Vladimir's cut man. First boxing corner man. Indignant corner man. Wow. Yeah. He pretty much plays variations on his own real life. Whoa. I mean, don't we all? But I think, do, like, do you think... Because that's his job. He's a cut man. I don't know what yeah. the pay grade for a cut man is. Do you, are you on salary? He's... Do you get paid year round by like the boxing network, or Great is question. it per show? You get you get like ten k per episode <laughs> well, of boxing. No, it's not called episodes. Let's not call them episodes. <laughs> They're called fights. <laughs> yeah, but like, does he get? Is he a freelance, or is he in the network, or does he? Is he in the and, union? And then he just. Yeah, or does he just go, well, I'm a doctor most of the time, and then my, but my favourite part is cutting people open and stitching them back up. Nah, he's and, a cut man. And, or he's a, he's cut, a cut man, man. okay. He's like, I assume, I've never... It's a little too much information. I didn't ask all, cut. That, all that if he's cut <laughs> he or uncut. cut, man. <laughs> uncut gems, man. <laughs> he is, I imagine, he's on the payroll with mm-hmm. a few fighters and he works in their teams. Okay. And and well, in the in the universe it, of Rocky and Creed, he primarily mm-hmm. works with Rocky Balboa and Adonis Creed. Yeah. But he probably mm, okay. goes out there and does a few other things here and there. I'm interested to know because maybe I'm thinking of him as like one of those guys that is just every now and then like a late in life professional extra. You know, there's some of those mm. people you work with them on like, uh, for me, when they're on student films and like, yeah, just love being an extra. I'm like, pfft. I actually think it's so grim because it's like, you know, obviously you're grateful because you're like, wow, who would be an extra for a student film? You're so blessed to have them on. Mm. But then you're like, what are they getting out of it? They're just eating like a fucking Woolworths chicken with like a bunch of like 19 year olds. <laughs> you can't compare a, one of the most famous like faces in professional boxing probably to an extra on a student <laughs> film. <laughs> like he's so famous for what he does, mm. that he plays himself or a version of himself in the Rocky movies. That's how successful he is. How famous do you think he is, though? Is <laughs> he doing like Rocky Letterman movies. or something? He doesn't do Letterman. But he doesn't say a Why? word. He doesn't <laughs> say any words. Why would he do Letterman? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe Letterman's curious. Because you're saying he's so famous. <laughs> Letterman's is- famous catchphrase on his Netflix show is, then my next guest needs no introduction. I reckon Stitch isn't going to have to need an you introduction. You would need, you would need an introduction. Me. But it's not like you can name a, a single other cut man in history. Oof. Yep, that's true. <laughs> so he's uh, the That's really true. He's the most famous one. And he's great. I couldn't even so- draw another one. 
So he's a holdover character from the Rocky movies, as mm-hmm. is it's true. Uh, Apollo Creed's wife, who in the Creed versions of these movies is played by Felicia Rashad, but not yep. in the original no, movies. No, no. Um, no. But yeah, so technically I think Stitch is the only holdover performer in, in any of these movies. Fuck. <laughs> The only cre- character created by Sylvester Sloan. Do you think on Stitch's birth certificate he's got his parents and then also Sylvester Sloan? He created me on the silver screen. <laughs> I gotta put him on my birth certificate. It had to be amended in that in two thousand and six. We need to. I need to ask you this question, Alexi, and I. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like I kind of know the answer, but we haven't discussed it fully. How did you feel watching? A Creed movie with no Rocky Balboa in it. That's the million dollar question. And I think for the most part, I felt an immense amount of joy watching this movie because it mm. is in my, my favorite cinematic universe, pretty much. Um, it is very, I think as a first feature film, when I when you see them be like this big, like mm. it is kind of interesting, especially like in studio <laughs> filmmaking. Uh, so that was something that I was very curious about going in. But I think you're right on the money. The thing that was kind of had me hesitant, what made me kind of not genuinely excited for this movie. Like I, all the other Rocky and Creed movies, I'm like, oh my God, we're going to get a new one. We're going to get a new one so soon. This one, I didn't have the anticipation. It was more trepidation than anticipation, if you were to ask me right. about my feelings leading up to the film Creed 3. And... Uh, I don't know how I end on it because I think there's enough in here in this film to keep one going, to keep the fight up. But Rocky is maybe the single greatest film character ever invented by Sylvester Stallone. And I think that him just being absent from this kind of stops a full force of weight being implemented in this film. Like, it's not a weightless mm. film. There's a lot of meaning. There's a lot of emotion. But I think Rocky is just such a powerful cinematic force that just knowing that he is literally absent from this movie, as, to be honest, he's not in most movies ever made. He's only in about seven or eight of the films ever made. He's a feature a character played by Sylvester Stallone playing Rocky. <laughs> so... You know, I am used to seeing movies that Rocky isn't in, but knowing that he could have been in this movie, Mm. it just gives it a little bit less weight, if you ask me. Yeah, I mean, quite literally. Yeah, I know if you were to weigh up this movie, there's like 130 kilos missing missing from this movie (laughs) compared to the last one. (laughs) <laughs> but, but on a on a metaphorical level, I agree because um, in the first two Creed films, I think Sly and the character of Rocky do most of the emotional heavy lifting. Mm. Like, yeah. the, the character of Adonis Creed is going through his own thing, his own sort of dealings with his past and his father that he never met and living up to a legacy. And that's all... That's all worthy in its own way, but I think it pales in comparison to watching an old man who we know was a titan and was one of the most ripped Mm. dudes on the planet battling cancer and grieving and all that stuff. So it's to to me, the emotional heart of Creed and Creed 2 is the character of Rocky Balboa, and I think Mm -hmm. there were big shoes or big gloves to fill with him oh. uh, not being oh in this third God. one. I really think... I received a tingle at the way you split that metaphor. Wow. <laughs> and I think um, the casting of Jonathan Majors as essentially the antagonist mm-hmm. of this film was the best decision for them because, mm-hmm. first of all, that you it's the first time in a Creed movie that the antagonist has been an actual actor rather than a boxer who has learned to act. I think in the first one, it's pretty Ricky Conlon, who's in this movie briefly mm-hmm. at the start. Um, that's the character name. I can't remember the boxer's name, but he's a boxer. And then in the second one, mm-hmm. it's Drago's son, Victor Drago, who's also played by a fighter, who is now an actor and is a good actor. 
But this is a mm. but Jonathan Majors is a fucking capital A actor. And you know what? Capital C T O R as well. He's really good. He brings emotion to it. He brings weight to it. And I felt that both he and Michael B. Jordan really elevated the drama in the wake of Sylvester Stallone here. I really felt mm. what they were bringing to the table emotionally and story-wise. I, I was really happy with that as something. But I will, mm. I will say that we are lacking in the, like, mumble-mouthed Italian-wise sage um, dummy. Yeah. You know, we, there's no one who steps in and yeah. fills the rocky void a little bit. Yeah, I think that's that is probably my main my main feeling of needing more is just that no one really steps in to fill the void. We got the character uh, played by Wood Harris, uh, Tony Little Duke Evers, who is the son of Apollo Creed's former trainer, who mm. now is Adonis Creed's trainer, and I think that. There are moments where he kind of steps into that kind of mentorship guiding role, but it just doesn't have the same weight as Sylvester Stallone playing Rocky in there. But I think you were bang on the money with uh, Jonathan Majors and Michael B. Jordan going head to head. I think it mm. is pretty spectacular. And there's this decision that Jonathan Majors makes in forming his character of Damien, who is the antagonist of this movie. But I think... I think what he does there is like this really wise, like wise decision with it is he kind of, I guess, looks at the mold of the characters in these villain antagonistic roles in the history of this franchise through Rocky, through Creed, and kind of sees them all as almost like archetypal personalities rather than just mm. like a fully formed, fledged character. Like I definitely think of Clubber Lang played by Mr. T, where mm. Mr. T, he's a great actor, but he's also uh, like a true personality. Like you, he is, Mr. T is Mr. T. And I think the way that he approaches this character of Damien is Jonathan Majors kind of imbues him with like a lot of eccentricities or mm. quirks or kind of like idiosyncrasies that are more applied to a personality than just like a fully three-dimensional real person. I think he's able to find that balance of then creating a fully-fledged three-dimensional character inside of a persona, which I think is just brilliant. Like it's brilliant next-level acting for this kind of movie. Yeah, it's really cool. I mean, the character that he's playing, Dame, has been in prison for 18 years And Jonathan Majors has made this choice to kind of portray him as jittery and Mm -hmm. very eccentric, almost as if this is a guy who has unacknowledged PTSD issues from being locked up for so long and then now being Mm -hmm. free and being surrounded by space that he hasn't had in almost two decades and being uncomfortable with all the space around him, not really even being sure how to walk or relax or, you know, sit on Mm. a lounge probably. He's much more comfortable being cooped up in a booth in a diner or in a boxing gym, you know, in smaller spaces. And I think it's a really cool choice to make this character almost a raw nerve. Like there are times where you're looking Mm. at Jonathan Major's face and you're thinking, fuck, this guy could either burst into tears or have a violent mm-hmm. snap. I have no idea which way this character is going to go. It's really, really beautiful acting there. And uh, and also, like, just on a purely aesthetic level, I'm a fucking sucker for both the boxing movie genre and the prison mm-hmm. movie genre. So to have both yeah. of these things merged together in, in his character of, like, a guy who's finally gotten out for, you know, something that he was largely probably unjustly locked up for and uh, mm-hmm. and then wanting to make it in the world of boxing. I'm like, from a basic dumb, this is cool level, I'm like, hey, man, this fucking rocks. I could watch this yeah. storyline forever. This rules. I think where I kind of land on it is I'm with you. Like, I love all of those things, but I kind of wish this went further with that because I think for a lot of the movie, me watching it, maybe because I don't always like politically align with these films, is that I never really... F- 
it took me a long time to kind of see Damien as an actual antagonist or the mm. villain of the movie because I found his story to be so sympathetic and I found the portrayal to be so interesting that I feel like this movie actually did pull some punches because I think there is a fight scene leading up to uh, the leading up to like where the real plot kicks in that involves Jonathan Majors, where I feel like it was perhaps aiming to go in a more Rocky Four direction where he kills someone in the ring, but then it feels like they just didn't mm. do that. So you never really feel like he is an antagonist. And it feels like Creed is almost the antagonist because this movie really sets up a Rocky Creed dynamic with Jonathan Majors, Damien being the Rocky, uh, the Rocky character in this, where he is an underdog. He is from the wrong side of the tracks. He is someone that has to kind of, in that rhetoric, pull himself up by his bootstraps. Whereas Creed is someone with like great privilege. He's got uh, almost like a divine destiny to be the champ with his father being Apollo Creed. His name is is after Greek gods mythology characters. Mm. So there is like that kind of divinity to this character, like this divinity of destiny. And I think that it's hard to just go, well, whoa, he deserves it because it's his divine, mm. his divine right to become the champ where you've got this guy that was robbed of his chance and just should, he probably does deserve a shot at the top, but it was destiny and divinity that got in the way of him being to, being able to live those dreams. I found it really interesting, but I feel like the film didn't quite get there because it has to keep Creed as the hero. Yeah. And I found that to be something that just... It's interesting how this series has evolved because, you know, it's the closest we've got to a Rocky movie in the Creed franchise mm. and it's from the opposite side of the perspective. Yeah, I um, I agree. I feel like everything up until the end of the second act or, you know, the beginning of the third act where we have the final fight between the two of them, Mm. Everything up until then I loved, but when we got to that kind of climax, I kept thinking, Does, do I really want to see Adonis Creed be victorious here? Mm. Because my sympathies do lie with the ex-con, even though he has had a, like a heel turn in the second act. Mm. He has a real heel turn where he sort of becomes a bit caught up in his own ego and... Um, becomes a bit of an asshole and treats Creed like shit and challenges him publicly and whatnot. But I still, there was still a part of me that thought maybe a braver movie still gives that guy a victory, but he he gets mm. humbled in some way. And Creed, to mm. me, doesn't need to win anymore. But I guess that's like that's in keeping with the Rocky movies. Rocky Three is almost the same arc mm-hmm. that. He's like the most famous athlete on the planet and then he gets challenged by an underdog and he now has to prove that he's better than this poor black guy that, that has come from the streets, you know? Like it's yeah. it's almost the same arc where it's like, oh, yeah, okay, you don't really need to prove that though. Like you have been world champ for five years. You don't need to yeah. keep being world champ, do you? Step down. And also, Michael B. Jordan, like, I mean, five years have passed since Creed Two. Mm-hmm. Obviously, COVID plays into that. There was a lot of delays and all that kind of stuff. But Michael B. Jordan is, I believe, too old to be almost, <laughs> almost believable as an athlete mm-hmm. this great. He's he looks great. Don't get me wrong. He looks yeah. fantastic. But the other boxer who's the heavyweight champ at the start of this movie is like 22 years old or something like he, that. He looks so young. <laughs> he looks so young. Yeah, I think there is like, some kind of weird like cinematic irony because there's so many people going like Creed, you're past your age, you're out of shape. It's like this is the best a man's ever looked in a film. <laughs> he looks and it's like great. but you do but he, but he is simultaneously too old to be the champ. I think one thing that's interesting and we should talk about before we wrap up this podcast, Cameron, mm. is I'd love to hear your perspective of what you thought of Michael B. Jordan stepping up to the plate, becoming the new uh, directorial voice of this franchise. Yeah. He's following in the footsteps of Sylvester Stallone, who did the same thing. It's a weirdly a rare thing in franchises where the lead mm. then becomes the director. It's Rocky. It's Star Trek. And now it's Creed. Yeah. Uh, what do you think about him as a filmmaker? It's also it's more common in television for uh, an actor or Absolutely. a performer. 
in a sitcom or mm. a drama to start directing that show. Um, yeah, everyone from all the all the big prestige shows has had a crack at mm-hmm. it. Brian Brian Cranston directed Breaking Bad. Mariska Hargitay's directed heaps of Law and Order SVU. Yes, Ken Marino's directed some Party Down. Like everyone has a crack at it. Mm-hmm. I feel like it makes sense. I mean, this is a guy who has mm-hmm. he was a big part of getting Creed made along with Ryan Coogler. He obviously is very passionate about it. And through making two of the films as a performer, he understands the mechanics of it. And there's parts of these montages. There's some really nice montages in this movie. You and I have talked about this. Nothing quite reaches the mm-hmm. heights of the, the montages in the previous two films. But there are some really mm-hmm. interesting moments within them that I think could only come out of someone who has gone through the rigmarole of actually doing the training, doing the drills and shooting the montages in the previous films. There's some really odd little idiosyncratic moments, close-ups of bizarre details of boxing equipment that we've never seen before. I mean, I think he he did a pretty good job as a director. I mean, it's hard work to make these movies that are essentially dramas and action movies at the same time, you know, and to be the lead of it. It is really hard for... Debut, I think he did a really good job. Mm. And I hope that he makes more things, even without him as the star. I'd love to see more Michael B. Jordan films in future. Please not a Marvel movie. Please not a Marvel movie. And Mm. I would say that one thing that kind of got me excited thinking about it is, you know, he is in that Tom Clancy universe. Mm. This kind of style put to like, you know, I don't know, what's Tom Clancy properties, Rainbow Six, Splinter Cell, something like that, could be kind of interesting Mm. because I think, you know, he's talked about it quite uh, quite a lot through his press run of this, how he's inspired by anime. And Mm. I think there's something really interesting, especially in the way he shoots fight scenes. There's a lot of like kinetic force in the way that he mm. frames them in a very like shot listed, storyboarded manner, which is like less of the, you know, kind of heightened realism of the Rocky films previously and the Creed films previously. It's very almost close to surrealistic mm. in this like storyboarded sense. Well, at one point, it, it actually becomes surreal. He captures like genuine surrealism in these fight scenes. And like, you know, that was something that's very fresh and new to this like, you know, decades old franchise. And I found it incredibly exciting. I thought it was such a beautiful take to just go, okay, we're going to capture the soul dream space of these characters for these moments. And I thought that was like going into a completely new direction. I found it really interesting and beautiful. And even just some of his... He has quite a competence of his eye, which I found Mm. really interesting. Like, there's a lot of, like, visual motif and, like, symbolism that is more overt than the films have been in quite some time since at least Rocky IV that I found really fascinating. Like, there are just moments where he, like, juxtaposes characters in an interesting, like, Mm. very overt way with lighting. And there's moments where he captures, like, the flashbacks, like, the period settings of these characters, like, in their early lives that I found really strong. And I just was like, I almost wish the whole film was a period film because I think he was able to capture some kind of like heightened authenticity in a period space. So I cannot wait to see what he does to evolve as a star turned director. Yeah. It's funny with the anime reference. The one thing that comes to mind for me is how there'd be those extreme close-ups on Creed's eyes Mm. in the middle of the fight as he's analyzing his opponent's moves and then choosing where to hit them. It's almost like a real Super Saiyan moment or something where he's like Mm. pausing, the soundtrack cuts out. It's like he's gathering strength for a moment and then it just cuts back into a wide shot with him hitting some really intricate punches. It's like, it was cool. I was into it. I mean, there were parts that were almost too far for me with some of the slow-mo, but I I Mm. was into it overall. I thought it was a cool new look. Well, Cameron, do you have any final thoughts about what you thought of Creed Three, the successor to the Rocky franchise? I love these movies. I love the entire cast. Tessa Thompson is always great. I love mm-hmm. uh, Felicia Rashad so much. And there's an actor in this mm. who I I've been talking about with my wife recently, as she would be 
like one of the go-to character actors at the moment that I see in almost yes. everything. Do you know who I'm talking mm-hmm. about? She's. I know exactly who you're talking about. Very famous from Orange is the New Black and she's in a million other projects as well. Anytime she pops up, I'm always incredibly mm-hmm. stoked because I know I'm about to get like an incredibly competent and charismatic performance often in a you yeah. know a, a side character uh Salinas Leva is her name she was um yes. one, she's one of the cooks in Orange is the New Black and uh I just fucking love her and I I put her on like Mount Rushmore of the modern character actors great call absolutely great call she's fantastic and it's just that's a joyful role for her to play to be like this kind of ma- mother manager ring of mother. <laughs> uh, creed's new tra- new champ that ring mother role i think she's really fun in this movie yeah I- i'm with you i obviously i love rocky it's part of who i am it's become part of my creative voice uh and creed's i've been impressed by all of them this one perhaps is not my favorite of the creed films it is is closer it's probably it is probably my least favorite but i still really really enjoy this movie and it just gets me excited to see michael b jordan ascend to a new level of stardom and a new level of creative voice being put out into the world and i think uh, i i do hope that this is not the end for creed in cinema i hope that there are more movies if it, if it was i wish, wish it was more like rocky we got one every two years or something mm. but uh i actually am very curious to see what they do next because it doesn't feel like a definitive end no, it's a, it's really up to will Michael B. Jordan um, continue to want to play this role and is there more that they can find mm. within it for him, you know? Because um, mm. c- he could do the Rocky thing and literally just make eight of them and just keep getting older yeah. and more out of shape. And that could be interesting, but I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. Almost maybe it's more interesting to explore, like, you know, if we're thinking about how do we, if we were to reboot this, what would we be doing? Like, what are the next steps? There is something that kind of gets hinted at in this one with his daughter uh, wanting to be a fighter as well, where it could be like a Layla Muhammad Ali type deal in the future. Mm, That'd be fun. Yeah, I, I could watch a couple of movies of him in like trainer mode or... Even mm. this movie has a little bit of it, like fight promoter mode as well. That's quite fun. It's a good world. Yeah. Yeah, there's, I think there's some juice there. I think there is some juice in a Layla Ali, Muhammad Ali, Creed-style movie that could be kind of interesting and a really easy way to bring back Rocky into the franchise to just be like, hey, that's awesome. Let's make our grandkids fight each other. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's Creed. That's Creed 3. Creed. Creed. Check it out in cinemas now, everybody. It is available to watch if you sit down in a cinema and you can get a freaking chocolate top or a popped corn while you're there. Uh, In the meantime, Cameron and I will give you a little bit of an update about kind of where we've been because we've taken quite a bit of a time off podcasting because Mm. we've been, let's just say, blessed. We've been blessed. Hashtag blessed. Um, sorry that we've been away for so long, guys. I know it's been a bit annoying mm. for you guys, but um, we've missed you. We've missed chatting to you. We have had some good fortune um, as of the end of last year, really. We've been given a bit of an opportunity to work on some dream projects uh, for the mm. two of us. After Finding Yeezus came out, um, people seem to really like it. And we got given a bit of an opportunity to develop some more ideas that are in that Mm. space, the kind of documentary space, the funny investigation space, um, all the stuff that we like to do. We're very proud of the finding things. That's our creed. Yeah. That's our creed franchise. (laughs) It really is. But also, like, you know, it's what... it's not just like, it feels like it's our calling, especially like yeah. that's our calling together is to be able to make these things that I don't think, uh, to not be too hyperbolic, I don't think anyone else is making stuff like that, that is like imbued with as much, you know, love and curiosity and uh, weird comedy 
But, you know, I feel like it is a bit of our calling to make those things. So we've been really blessed to be uh, following those callings. And Mm. a lot of it is because of you, the listener, being like, you know, our great champions and like supporting us getting to make those things. So we're so grateful that you guys have been able to, you know, do everything you can to help us make our dreams come true, uh, which is kind of why we haven't been doing this podcast weekly for a while. Mm. Um, So... You know, it's a it's a shame. You just have to kind of find the balance in the world of like what you can do with everything. And, uh, yeah. you know, we it's just something that we have not had the chance to do. But it's because uh, it's for a good reason, because we're getting to do the stuff that, you know, is even like the coolest shit that we can ever do. Yeah, we are uh, without, you know, spilling too many of the beans. We spent pretty much from October up until like a week ago. Uh, we've been developing a TV thing, uh, you know. We, we like a much huger version of whatever yeah. we've been doing in the past. Um, a much, I mean, Yeezus was already a huge step up for us in terms of production and um, scope. And yeah, we've been working on with a production company a an even bigger one, one that crosses mm. the country and the globe. And it's a lot of work. It's a lot of research, but mm. it's also a lot of fun. Like, it's just us sitting in a room um, with a couple of other comedy writers and just trying to make each other laugh and trying mm. to surprise each other and trying to find crazy twists and turns in these stories that we've found. Um, but yeah. it takes up so much time. <laughs> so yeah. much time. We, we've never been kind of in the good position to be as ambitious as we are right now. Yeah. Um, so it's just been like... God, man, it's like the fucking thrill of my life. I don't know how else to put it. <laughs> yeah, and so we've we've been working a lot on that. And there's a few other things too. We've got a bit of an opportunity mm-hmm. to develop more documentary projects that have been kind of fantasies of ours over the last couple of years. And mm. um, yes. so, yeah, we are a bit busy with those things at the moment. And as a result, I think, you know, unfortunately that does mean we don't have much time to podcast regularly at the moment. So this feed will probably become quite a bit more casual uh, over the next little while. Mm. Mm. Yeah, we do. Obviously, like podcasting is like one of our great joys of our life. But so I think like just we'll be, it'll be a little bit more casual, like Cameron said, a little bit more casual. Mm. I think I'm going to do some 2023 drops pretty soon in the podcast as well. And uh, do about like some of my new favorite movies, some stuff that I've been watching and then do some catch ups with some other of our favorite Total Reboot gang talking about movies. But just, you know, we're just fucking living I don't know how to say without sounding so uh, excited and intense, but I'm like, we're like living a bit of a dream because of yeah. you guys right now. So you it's can be just excited. Um, I'm excited. It's it's crazy. Yes, like when we first did uh, when we first did Finding, which of course ties into the Rocky franchise mm-hmm. in a major way. It felt like we were discovering our voice in a way. Like we'd been mm. podcasting for a long time. But doing that specific thing where it was, you know, forcing each other to investigate something and go out of our comfort zone and try to be funny at the same time and try to find the heart in the story we were telling, that honestly felt like I was being put through the ringer of like storytelling, a storytelling intensive Mm. workshop making that show. And it was so rewarding and I think... It leading to Desperado and then to Yeezus and then to these next things just feels like such a natural mm-hmm. evolution for us. Um, I can't wait to make more. They're kind of the only things I want to make. I just want to keep making yeah. more like that. I'm so proud and at home making those things. So mm. hopefully we get to. Yeah, I can't, I can't really say how grateful we are to you, literally the person listening to this right now. It's like, honestly, you're the third finding member because of mm. like everything you've done with us has been like helped us get there. So, you know, you are our best friend with me and Cameron. <laughs> if you're listening you, to this right now, you are the next. If I had to pick a person in the Rocky franchise that you, the listener, are, you'd be Stitch. Oh, God. Thank God. I thought going to say Paulie and I was like, you can't be that rude. You cannot <laughs> call the listener Paulie Panino. <laughs> no, nah, they're Stitch. You're in our corner. Now nah, you're a Stitch. 
you stitch us together, you know, you stitch us up, dude. And uh, so thank you so much. But yeah, just going to be a little bit more casual with what we're putting out right now. Mm. Um, but just want to like let you know about that, I guess. But there'll yeah. be some cool shit happening soon in this feed. But just a little bit more casual. And thank you all for your support. People that literally support us on Patreon have been putting some cool things up there recently, uh, including just some really fun, weird little deep dives that Cameron and I have been doing from time to time. Yeah, I'm hoping that eventually we can get to a place where we can... Uh, be podcasting weekly again because it is so much mm, fun yes but yeah yeah for now unfortunately we are stuck investigating freaks all around the world <laughs> <laughs> and spending all of our time researching and stalking weirdos Cameron, a couple of things before we wrap up this podcast. I want to get to some Oscar predictions before we wrap it up. But before we do that, you've got some cool shows happening around Australia. Yeah, I'm doing my show Electric Dreams one more time around the country. Uh, It's the show that I toured last year and won an award for and got nominated for another huge award for. I'm doing an encore run. So if you're in Melbourne, come down and see me on April 15 at Max Watts. Very crazy that I'm playing that venue. That's much bigger than anything I've ever done before. Oh, my God. I didn't know you were playing that. That Cameron, that, I'm actually have flabbergasted. Congratulations. That's so cool. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, it's insane. I've like <laughs> seen so many shows there over the years and, yeah. um, and performed there as part of galas and stuff like that, but never done a solo. So that's fucking Dude, crazy. That's Please unreal. come. Please come because yeah. there's a lot of seats. <laughs> I'd love, I'd love that, some friends in there to, you know, fucking make me feel comfortable for God's sake. And I say that's a perfect venue because Cameron's show is like a rock show. That's a fucking rock venue. Like it's going to be so sick. Yeah, fuck. I hope it's good. Um, Sydney, I'm playing the Factory Theatre on May 6th. Again, fuck that's yes. in the big room. I've never done the big room. So that's going to be fucking fuck, insane. Dude. So please oh come to that if you're in Sydney. Um, don't, you know, please come because they're big, they're big rooms. So I'd love some But they're also like the perfect them. places to see the shows. Like these show, Cameron shows like these fucking rock shows. And then this is like, this is like the perfect place. I can't wait to go see them. I'm going to go to each one of these venues yeah. to watch it. <laughs> you got to tour around. Shit, dude. Deadhead me. Yeah. Uh, and Brisbane, I am. It's so uh, cool. Powerhouse Theatre. <laughs> Brisbane is Dude. Powerhouse Theatre on May 27 and 28. So, yeah, come along to those, please. Um, that's all I want to mm-hmm. plug. I don't want to hammer at home. But if, you'd, if you're in those cities, come and support me. I don't ask for much, for God's sake. So, that's uh, you're in Melbourne in April. You're in Sydney and Brisbane in May. That's correct. There we go. You got the dates. I'll put them in the show notes as well. So, you click through. Now, before we wrap up, Cameron... I got to put my big Oscar predictions out there on the line because I want record of them to exist before mm-hmm. the big day in a couple of days. Of I'm doing a wild card. I'm pulling a wild card out. Okay. I think Fablemans is going to win Best Director. It's not won the big awards leading up to it. It's only won Golden Globe. It's only won Best Picture at the Golden Globes and Director at the Golden Globes. I think my prediction is it's going to win both at the Oscars. Wow, huge. And I'm not saying it because the Golden Globes did it. I think the Golden Globes have almost zero weight towards the Oscars. But I think when it is the full Academy combined, I think Spielberg is such a legacy that people like, we got to give him another one. We got to give him this shit. <laughs> And it is, uh, I really, I am, the more I think about, the more convinced I am that Fablemans is going to freaking win Best Picture and Best Director. I think it's a wild card pick, but I am standing behind it. And I am standing in front of it as well right now because I am standing. I've not sat down since we started recording this podcast. (laughs) Well, you know what? I really liked Fablemans. I think it's a really uh, rare, personal, emotional film from Mm -hmm. a filmmaker that I love and a filmmaker that has given us so much entertainment and joy over the decades. The least we could do is stand up and say, thank you for sharing your life with us. And thank you for admitting that you find dudes to be hunky. That is the craziest thing that I'm most excited about (laughs) Fablemans with. It's the queerest Spielberg movie. And he's just like, yeah, I want to fuck Harrison Ford. I'm sorry. I want to fuck him my whole career. (laughs) Have you got any other predictions? 
I think I do think that the the acting awards are going to go in a pretty more predictable way. I am sensing the pull towards Mr. Austin Butler for Elvis. I think Michelle Yeoh will probably win for actress. I do think mm-hmm. that's there. Kihai Kwan, I think that's that's a lock in. That's one I'm locking in right now. Easy. And then supporting actor, I don't know. The supporting actress, I should say, is the one I'm not sure about. Mm. Um, I do think Jamie Lee Curtis has a big shot. I think that she is my least of those nominees that I would want to win. Um, but I think that if I was putting money on it, I would put it on Jamie Lee Curtis. Maybe I should gamble, actually. Maybe I will gamble on this. Do you want me to check? Fablemans could pay out. I'll check if you can put bets on on sports bet for the Oscars. I don't believe in this kind of stuff. I don't believe in gambling, so <laughs> I don't want to know. I don't get. I don't like it. But I, I, I think that um, Fablemans it would pay out. I think if I put a bet on it and it won. I don't, I also don't like gambling, but I will do it if it's here. If you can bet on the Oscars, which it doesn't look like you can. Thank gosh, check. God. Because then okay. you'd be you'd be addicted you can to gambling. Only bet on the Independent Spirit Awards. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe you can. Shit. I mean, someone will yeah, be putting well, Oscar bets on. If you've got like a fantasy league in your office, I please put your money on Fablemans because I really do think it's a wild card pick and it will pay out big time if you do. Yeah. Everyone should gamble. That's the message of this podcast. Oh, God. That's not what I want to say. I didn't know why I started talking in gambling terminology. I think gambling is evil. I think it's evil. No one should gamble. But if you are... (laughs) No, I just really think that... I think... I've got a good feeling about Fablewins pulling through. Not even my favorite of the nominees. Not even close. But I've got a feeling. I've got a feeling in my waters that Fablewins is pulling through in the last minute. Well, there you go. And who... if, If... if I'm wrong, I'll go back and edit this podcast and put whatever film is in there. So, yeah. <laughs> All right, gang. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Total Reboot. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll see you in the future. And we'll keep you updated with all the stuff that we've got going on. It'll be really fucking fun. Yeah, and look out for a few new drops in the next couple of weeks that are going to be very fun and exciting. Until next time, we fucking adore you, baby. As much as I love cinema, the person whose ears I'm hanging out in right now, you are cinema to me. You are a protagonist of the greatest film of all, your life. Or a supporting character in my my film. (laughs) 